0: Hello and welcome to Almost 30.
1: Hello and welcome to Almost 30. You don't need to be 30 or almost
0: anywhere near it to listen. <laughs> so just an FYI, disclaimer. Disclaimer before we
1: start, I'm Krista Williams.
0: I'm Lindsay Simsick. So glad you're here. I thank you for being here every single week. If you're an OG member, if you are new to the pod, we started this thing um, from our closet floors. We were going through a time. In our late twenties when we felt really lost and had a lot of questions and fears and found one another and found comfort in our conversation. So we brought it to the podcast world. And here we are, six years later.
1: It's funny to think that we thought people needed to hear what we were talking about. Because <laughs> if you go
0: back to our first episode, yes. I don't know if people needed to hear that.
1: <laughs> we reacted to our first episode. We are sh- gonna react to Yes, we're gonna another do another one. one. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the audio is so bad, I don't know if we'll be able to do it. <laughs>
0: We'll be able to do
1: it. I can't get over <laughs> how we thought it was okay to have like... <laughs> so we had this one interview that we did years ago, probably six, five years ago at this point. Who knows? I change my numbers all the time, but we're in a room. It was a conference room at a place we weren't supposed to be. It was at
0: yeah, it this was a, one place. It was a conference room and there was like drywall all over the yeah. floor. And
1: it was four people talking... With one recorder in the middle of the room.
0: Yeah. Just one of those recorders <laughs> that like you see in like 1990s Law and Orders where they're like, yes, you know what I mean? Yes. Interviewing someone. So you
1: have four audios of people in a room with tons of echo
0: mm-hmm.
1: with no sound That's support. <laughs> like, dude. dude. Well, we We were did talking it. about dating apps. I remember that when we were talking about like dating apps, like how to make the best dating app profile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what were we were talking to Justin and, and Zach, and Zach. We yeah. were talking to my um, now husband,
1: and then his friend Zach, and we were talking about like what's you were on dating profiles then too. You yes. were on dating apps. We were talking about like dating app etiquette. I literally <laughs> could give a fuck about that. Oh my god.
0: Yo, Yo, no. you literally, like, could literally could give no a fuck shade. about a lot of things that we everything. did at the beginning. Every like, I, not if everything, I but. no, but if I think about that, I'm like, damn, we talked. We talked about the most random, but at the time, did you feel like you didn't give a fuck? I am. It's it. So the dating app thing, it's like, I'm laughing about that, but it's an
1: interesting thing. Totally. It's, it's totally. just studying human psychology. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you're like, what makes someone swipe? What makes them, you know? And like, if you're doing it, I'm interested in doing totally. it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what's going no, on? And it's fun to talk about because it's one of those things too. Like, and I think in dating and love and relationships, there's this like, pretentious air that people can sometimes have about it. And I'm saying that I probably have that myself where you're like, I would never date someone that blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Maybe women just get like this. Yes. But you kind of have it's fun. It's a protective mechanism. Th- yeah, building this like <laughs> perception of like, oh, I would only swipe on a guy that's this. Mm-hmm. And just having that conversation <laughs> about these things that like don't happen.
0: Totally. Dude, it's, uh, it's so weird that it's only gotten more popular.
1: I know. If we think about it. I know. And th- I, what freaks me out a little bit about dating apps is... Um, the amount of sheer detail that is actually in them. Yes. And now apps are just the amount of detail about you, it, which could be helpful. I'm not sure. You know, So yeah. there's companies that actually base their dating app program on the sheer amount of detail that they use to, to match people. But I don't know. For, there's something about that for me where I'm like, oh, I don't want that much information about me.
0: Yes. And, and then I, I also, have 500 episodes of a podcast where I'm talking for hours a week. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's God, what, help me. That's what my guys used to do. They went to listen to the podcast yes. early on. But yeah, I think that it also kind of takes away or people will mm-hmm. swipe left on people that they might like. Yes. But mm-hmm. they see that he likes to camp on… Mm-hmm the third Sunday of every month, they're like, I'm out. hmm
1: I think it's funny, guys, always have like the picture of them with like their niece or nephew as the main one. Softens it up. Softens it up. <laughs> they're like, I'm good with children. Yeah, I'm going to be a great And then father. they're like a vacation
0: with vacation. the boys.
1: One time wearing a suit at a wedding.
0: Like with a drink in their hands. Well, yeah. one with a drink in their hand. Yeah. One so,
1: time at a suit wearing a suit at a wedding because they look good. One with a niece or nephew. One on a vacation, like hiking on the top of a mountain.
0: You know what a good one is? Giving the best man speech or like a That's, speech somewhere. They're like, so I'm, they're a like uh,
1: I'm a leader and I'm well spoken. Uh, uh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm a well spoken leader. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. They, yes, it's it's sometime with them with a microphone. Yes. That's
0: so true.
1: <laughs> I guess what's better? What's the girls' version of that, though? Oh, wow.
0: I think Um, girls, it's
1: always on a hike. There's a hike, or there's an outdoorsy
0: moment, I think, usually.
1: Yeah. There's a a dressed up moment, too. So, it's kind of like the inverse. I don't think girls post pictures of them with babies, though.
0: No, that's too much. Yes, because they're
1: afraid that it'd be like, (laughs) too much. But for guys, it's cute.
0: Yes. (laughs) Dude, double standard. I'm trying to think of the girl equivalent. It's definitely like you want to show a little bit of the. It's funny with girls like the professional side because it's like, yes. what do you want to see me in? Like, I don't know, at my desk. Yes. I don't know yeah.: Yeah, you are like hi. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I put, which is actually weird because it makes it. I definitely put pictures like a picture from tour or something. Yeah, for sure. I would because I'm famous. Yeah.
1: You're like, <laughs> wow. Do you want to be one? Of, do you want to be a supporter in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Justin and I first started dating. It was like our first... So we had been talking long distance. and Then we, were, we went to Coachella together. Mm-hmm. He bought his tickets for... He bought his plane ticket for Coachella four days before we went. So I was unwell. I was going to lose my mind. Wait, because you wanted him to buy it Because Twitter. we didn't really know each other. And we were, oh. on, we were just talking on the phone. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then four days before he bought it, I was like, hey... This is not
0: how I roll. <laughs> what, did, what did you? What did you do? You went. I into- called him.
1: I was like, "Hey, this is like not how I do things."
0: Yeah, to last minute.
1: My favorite thing at that time was to be like, <laughs> I don't know if this is a strategy or not, but I would be like, um, "All my guy friends think it's so weird that you're doing this." <laughs> and be like wow and like use them as like a way to communicate what I was thinking guys this was 10 years ago Uh, but I would do that and I but I did I was like this isn't how I do things like we don't you're coming or you're not I don't know what's going on he's like oh this is like kind of how I always buy things last minute he's no longer like that thank God but that's so when we were at Coachella he had his phone out blah blah blah. he's talking to someone else and I saw a dating app on there and I was (laughs) I can see another one I was unwell I was like, are you fucking joking me in front of everybody? And, and I left the room and I said something else, and everyone was like, is she kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't kidding at all. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so like, He's like, my balls chopped again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then made
1: that bitch delete it. But yeah, he was like, or just, I didn't know we're like, ah. Uh,
0: I mean, mm, it's totally mm. normal for him to still have a dating app. Completely normal. <laughs> Very normal.
1: You guys aren't official yet. I have problems. This is why we have our amazing guest on this episode for actual advice and information. I'm excited because um, we had um, Stefan LaVassere on the podcast years ago, probably four years ago when we were at the old studio, studio, aka Lindsay's Kitchen, Mm -hmm. our old apartment. And um, this is an episode that did really well. And it's interesting because I was saying in the beginning of the episode how faith and like the conversation about God has like come more close to us. Mm -hmm. And at first, it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, you're like a a faith God Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like my perception. You think that someone's automatically religious because you tied the two together. So to come back around and be like, oh, it's not about that. It's about like that direction you're moving and that faith towards life. So we talked a little bit about that too, just a tiny bit. But this conversation was so good. There's something that we talked about later in the conversation about... The masculine and the feminine, and the feminine's withholding of
0: love—that
1: mm. I think about, oh my gosh, all the time now, and I see in so many relationships that I have, um, like something that comes up. So basically, the concept is um, around something that I see a lot of women in our community struggle with, and I struggle with myself, and I think was even a conversation that we had with our friends. This weekend about women doing so many things. Mm -hmm. So we have our jobs. Sometimes we have side hustles. Um, We have our friends. We have our partners. We have our family. We have like whatever we're doing as like self care. You know, there's so many things that we're doing, and because we're giving in so many different places, sometimes it gets scary in relationship and women. Like, it's not in their nature to withhold love, Mm. but now women are in this state of like withholding love from men in their relationships because they're more in the masculine. Mm. And he gave this example of um, a man that saw his partner with her son and he saw like he was with this woman and the woman had a son and she was just being so loving and it's almost like when you're with animals you're just this like free-flowing love that doesn't ask for anything in return and just gives so much love and he's like why aren't you giving me the love and like this like you know love without Mm -hmm. expectation that you give your son or that you give your animal And I did think about that because that is the natural state of the feminine. Like the feminine is what fills the container created by the masculine. It's like this beautiful um, expression and um, river of love. And I do feel like because we're so stretched that there are places in which we withhold love from like our partners. You know, if our Mm -hmm. partner comes up to us during the middle of the day, they're like, hey, how's Justin does this all the time? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Comes up to me all day during the day and I'm just like, nope. I like resist the the opportunity to give love, Mm -hmm. to like be in a state of like just presence with love Mm -hmm. and with joy and with ease. And I think because women are doing so many things, we just feel like this is like the reaction that we need to do. And I don't have like a step for people, but it's really just like noticing where we find ourselves withholding love.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I can imagine like with children, with animals, where the love is so... Unconditional on their end,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it must be easier to give the love mm-hmm. because the love that they receive is just this unconditional kind of like it's like a loop. Mm-hmm. And then with a partner, I don't know with kids though, kids are fuckers, dude. They,
1: I think kids are when they're little are in a state of pure love, but there's not like kids are not.
0: I don't think kids give back love really, but like, I, in that way. I think, I think that, but we also see kids as kids, right? We're yeah. not like you know better.
1: I think we don't expect them to give love back to us. Their existence makes us feel Yes, loved.
0: yes. And then with with a partner, it's like there can be layers of like sneaky resentment mm-hmm. that you're like, I'm only going to open mm-hmm. up and give love if I feel safe enough to do so mm-hmm. and like know that I'm going to also get it back. Mm-hmm. But then we like placing that expectation, that condition on it makes it something that it's not. yeah. So I can definitely- I think the
1: resentment's for sure. Yeah. But it's like also that nervous system thing of like, I'm doing so much, this pleasure and this joy and this,
0: mm-hmm. I guess
1: it's the relationship too is sometimes the closest thing we can get to like the opportunity for love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, with family and friends, you can, but it's kind of like that intimate, joyful, pleasureful love that you can have. So it's like our resistance of pleasure is sometimes the first to go. Mm-hmm. That's why we talked about with other um, experts we have on the podcast is like women are, you know, not having as much pleasure in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So I felt like that was fascinating. We explained it a lot better. And then we talked about like toxic feminism. Mm. We talked about this concept of toxic feminism because um, Stefan would love for his partner to um, not have to work he would love for her to be someone that could stay home and support the family and sort of like have that be something she wants to do and they can do in partnership together. So we explored what that would look like and really his reasoning behind that and where toxic feminism can come in sometimes and just shame women for any choice that they make. Um, So I felt like that was fascinating. That was something i wanted to explore more so because Mm -hmm. I felt like now that I've seen how burnt out and overwhelmed and overworked so many women in my life are and so many women of our community and of the world, I'm like, man, is this, if we're not making any more money from a household median income standpoint, house, like we're not taking home more money. Like Mm -hmm. we're not noticing that much of an improvement in the way that we live. Why is everyone having to work all the time? Yeah. You know? Does she want to stay home? He she doesn't have, have a partner. He oh, just says his future I see. partner. I see. I
0: see. I yeah. See. Yeah. His future
1: partner. That's mm-hmm. that's. The, he's like, it's fine if she wants to do and work whatever she wants to do. But I would ideally love to mm-hmm. make a space where I'm making enough where she has the freedom to sure. choose sure, sure,
0: and sure. she doesn't need to work if she doesn't want to, but mm-hmm. she can if she wants to. Yeah, there is so much judgment. Yes, so much. I even I was visiting with some family, <clears throat> and there's always that like. There, there was conversations around getting help with your kids, yep. nannies, or staying home or working. And there's judgment on both sides, mm-hmm. actually. So it's like, so if you go and work and leave your kids, but you have help, there's judgment. But then if you stay home, there's judgment. You know, it's like, <laughs> and it's, it's all on women. Yes. This is that internalized misogyny that you talk
1: about where it's like the man, it's like all good. He's never mm. home. He's got to do what he's got to do. You know, it's just, Mm
0: -hmm. it's always on the woman. Mm -hmm. Always. It's like, just blows my mind. It's crazy. It's sad. It's really, really sad. And I wonder, you know, it must be lonely for women who actually own it and are just Mm -hmm. like, this is what I want to do. Yes. I want to stay, I do want to stay home. Yes. And actually, I want to stay home and maybe get some help a few days a week and do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yes. (laughs) But for the woman that owns that, I can imagine that there are like a limited amount of, friends or support that are like fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to kind of be and then and then you're only choosing to be around people that support that and that, yeah. you know it's like kind of an I feel like interesting thing. There's a jealousy thing. too with the yes. internalized misogyny
1: where it's like women are jealous of women For that are sure. well resourced enough sure. to do that cuz uh, l- women in our life that we know, we have friends that are very well resourced mm-hmm. and have support and help whether it's live in whether it's few times of the week whatever, and they're able to live and express how they feel their independent expression is while still being a mom Mm -hmm. uh, when they want. And yeah, I mean, it's powerful. It's powerful to see it, but I know not everyone is able to do that or has access to that. But I think the, the thing is finding where we do find ourselves judging or shaming other women. Because I think when we were talking about this yesterday in another conversation about that internalized misogyny, that is so fucking deep. We don't even know what's I going know. on. So deep. Where it's like, how are we shaming and judging women all the time mm-hmm. for the decisions that they're making?
0: It's like crazy. Yeah. And I even, I even feel like, I don't know if it starts with the family, but I'm just like thinking about that, where mm-hmm. like, whether it's sisters, mothers, like, there is something yeah. there with that connection where. You know, you can love them unconditionally, but there is something there with like the just built-in power dynamics of like eldest child, middle child, mother, her mother. You know, there's just something there that I think possibly plants the seed for how you might be navigating some of these. Yes. I think we should have Bethany Webster on again. Again, the, yeah. The mother wound because there was
1: something, she's been posting stuff about like, the rebellious teenager. And I'm just <laughs> like, dude. You're, you're like, me, 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 me. I me. literally am like, tell me how this goes back to my mother <laughs> me being a fucking little rebel. Anyways, so this conversation is really powerful. Um, I'm really excited. I loved it. This one was solo with me. I love Stefan. Stefan came to Los Angeles and we got the opportunity, or I got the opportunity to sit down with him. There's also another episode of ours you can watch on YouTube or on iTunes. You can search Stefan's name in almost 30 to get mm. more. Um, but I'm really grateful you're here. If you're new to us because of Stefan, welcome to the show. We're grateful that you tuned in. This is usually how we do things. We do like 15 minute catch up and then we get into a our interview, which we will
0: start very soon. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. If this episode just hit you and you would love to share it with a friend, we just encourage you to. That helps us to grow. And we will see you on the other side. Enjoy this one. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special! He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension One Hundred and One. The crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost 30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost 30.com slash space dash camp space dash (laughs) camp. Say that 30 times almost 30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th.
1: And you know what I was thinking about with you coming is that four years ago when you came on, you're a man of God, for sure. And I grew up very religious. And I was someone that previously with my relationship with God wasn't really public. And now I'm like very public about it. And it's something Lindsay and I talk about all the time. And I remember you coming on and like hearing about how openly you speak about God and your relationship and your faith. And it was like one of those things where at first I was like a little, like sometimes it has that edge when you say God, people are like, people kind of have a reaction or a feeling. And I had that and I was like, so excited for you to come back because my relationship with God has changed so much and I'm so much more open about it. And I feel like it's so much more integrated in my relationship, in my life, and it's been so much more important. So I was like, oh, we're going to come back and I'm going to feel so much better about talking about that. But have you ever had people, when you're speaking to them about God and faith and just their lives in general, have you ever had people react and be like a little off-put or turned off?
2: I've never seen it, at least. Like, if if they were, maybe they held it in and they didn't really react. And I think that's because the way that I do it, it's not like in your face. It's not that I'm trying to drive it down your throat in any kind of way. I'm just speaking my truth. So I feel like they, they can only respect it, even if it is making them uncomfortable at that time. But, you know, one thing I've learned, when it comes to speaking any truth, you know, Sometimes you're just planting a seed in people's lives. You know, I don't expect everyone to accept it or be receptive at that moment. But there may come a time where that same conversation, if they remember it, it resonates with them and it may cause a turning point in their life. So to me, it's just standing your truth. Whatever happens, happens. You know, but I know I can't, I can't run from it. I can't be in denial of it. So it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I think the planting the seeds huge. You know, if we think about like, especially what we do, it's like, not everything that anyone not everything that we say or I say is going to resonate all the time, but a lot of times it really does plant the seed, and like maybe in the future it will resonate when they 're ready um, but something I wanted to talk to you about our audience are like very spiritual, curious people, and they're women that are very dedicated to their growth and their evolution and they feel like their men are not on board, if we're in like a hetero relationship, they feel like their men are not on board or they're not evolving at the same pace or they're not interested in spirituality or what they're interested in. What would you say to them?
2: Okay, so a few things come into mind. So one, don't even entertain the guy. Like to me, we have to accept, listen, everyone's not for us. We're not for everybody. It's cool. We're going to meet people we like and if they're not on the same path as us, and, and, and it's, it's important for me to say, they don't have to be exactly where we are. They don't have to practice the same way we do. I think it's important to not project onto them what we think it should look like, you know, in their life. But do they at least have the foundation of the same belief system, embracing yours and respecting yours? If not, then there's nothing to work with at that moment. And again, maybe they'll, they'll one day come around to it and they'll want to and you guys can explore things at that time. But I think, I feel in my spirit, I got to say this, it's not even just not dealing with people who don't embrace spirituality. It's being careful with what spirituality are they even engaging with, all right? Because, listen, I'm a huge believer in the spiritual realm. I've experienced some wild stuff. I mean, we could go on stories for days, all right? And so, to me, I don't think people understand there is a rise in spiritual curiousness, I believe. And there is a rise in what people are dibbling and dabbling in nowadays. And some people unknowingly dibble and dabble in things that are bringing forth bad spirits and bad energy. All right? And so, we have to be careful on a lot of different levels in that regard. But I think, you know, again, it's when you meet those guys for those women, it's just standing your truth. If he, does, if he can't respect that and honor that, then it's just not either time to be with that guy or... He's just not the guy, you know, and don't be discouraged by it because I know it may seem like there's not many out there that are, but I would argue that a lot of the guys who are spiritual are just quiet about it. They're not as vocal. They're not as maybe even forthcoming. Some of them feel the same way the women do that. It's hard to find a woman who respects where their walk is and what they're trying to do. So I think, you know, people just have to be patient and trust you're going to meet that person you know, but don't force the issue with the wrong one.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. And I love that we talked about people are sort of like dibbling and dabbling in things that are spiritually related, but like kind of funky Yeah, and they don't know. I actually, I talk about that a bit and my audience is always like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm like, I can't explicitly say, but you kind of know when you know, but I think there's a lot of women that they have been together in relationship and then they're sort of having their own spiritual moment or awakening. And I do find that there is like the need to always want to like, when you kind of have that moment with God or relationship or with spirituality, where you're like, you want everyone to get on board. You're like, this is the best. It feels so good to feel like I have purpose. It feels so good to feel like I'm here for a reason. And you want everyone to do the same things Mm -hmm. that you do or do it in the same way. So if there's someone that's in a relationship and they're feeling like they want to go deeper in their spiritual path, and they want to talk to their partner about it, what would you say, like, how should they approach a man about that for the first conversation?
2: So I think, one, just be honest about how they're feeling, you know, and where they are. But they have to understand that it's not their responsibility to get this guy to, to jump on board, all right? And that if you want to encourage someone to take that, that walk with you, then you have to set the example in your own life. It's almost like healing. When you go to someone and say, oh, you need to go to the therapist, you need to go heal. If you haven't healed yourself or you're not a positive example of what healing looks like, why would they be encouraged? You see? So simply being excited in that moment, that's all good, but that doesn't speak to his heart about why he should not embrace spirituality. But when he sees how it's transforming you from the inside out, that will have a greater impact on his willingness to say, okay, wait a minute. This, is, this must be something special. Maybe I, I need to look into this. But I think also, and it goes back to, so there's a lot of people who grew up in church or whatever. A lot of people, when they was, used to get married and they would have these issues in their marriage, they would say, I'm, I'm going to ask God to change my husband's heart. I'm going to ask God to make him do whatever. And I'm a firm believer. Listen, God respects our free will. End of story. The goal is, or the the approach should not be asking God to do this. It's asking God, what does he want you to do in that situation? So, for those women who are in the relationship, rather than focusing on how you're going to control this to get him there, more so ask God, how does he want you to approach this? For some of those women, it might be you need to leave. Because you may have been in the wrong relationship the entire time. And it's just that now in your spiritual awakening, you're starting to see things more clearly. You may not want to accept it because nobody wants to just have to walk away from years of a relationship. But that may be the case. Now, for others, it may be, hey, rather than force it upon him, maybe just ask him to, if you go to church, ask him to go to church with you or maybe ask him to read this book with you. It may be a little simple thing here and there. Or God may say, hey, listen, don't worry about it right now. Focus on you. You get yourself to the right place he will come along in the right time. It will get taken care of. So it's not that God will do it for you, but He knows what needs to happen in order to reach a certain destination. You know, and I think that's what we have to focus on. And so for those women, focus on what you need to do in that process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think that's the answer is focus on yourself because I feel like it's almost just a distraction. If you're really using like your partner as like an outlet where you can channel like, okay, they need to do this. They need to do that. They're not doing this. And I know with my husband, as an example, like he has his own relationship with spirituality. He has his own path. But whenever I was like pushing on him, it was like, no, like it was like a, no, there was just, he doesn't want me to tell him or make him do anything that he doesn't want to come to a conclusion for himself on. Mm -hmm. And I always really respected that. I actually really respect that he always has his own opinion and perspective. He definitely respects mine. But it does feel like, and it also feels like it's like a, there's like a judgment about it. And that's Mm -hmm. not spiritual. You know, to judge others for the path that they choose or what they're doing or why they're going to do it isn't part of the path if we're truly in like spiritual alignment.
2: Absolutely. And I think what the risky thing that happens is if you go into that conversation focused on getting him to cross over and he's not receptive in that moment, it's very easy for you to now exude frustration with him, resentment. And now it's those things that turn him off even more to embracing it. So you got to really go in with the mindset of I'm not expecting a certain outcome from this conversation, but I want you to know where I stand, the, the road I'm headed on. And listen, some people may remove themselves if they feel like, listen, this is just not the life I want. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to come around to this. So, you know, it is what it is. But for others, they may just want to see for a little bit and then they're going to jump on board when they see how, again, you're growing in this spiritually.
1: Yeah. And I think even to define, I guess for you and your relationship, and I can talk a little bit about or like your relationships or your life, like what your goal is, like what does that spiritual life mean to you? Like what would that be, that faith look like in your relationship? like as like your ideal
2: so in, in, in a relationship for me it would be more so about always including God in the process I'm very like to me I believe God is in all the details alright so funny enough have you ever watched the show Manifest
1: oh my on God. Netflix literally <laughs> Finished it in like two weeks. <laughs> we were watching four a day.
2: Oh, listen. I just got Obsessed. put on to it. Exa- same way.
1: It was like so bad, but so good. <laughs> like the acting was wild. Yes, exactly. I was like... Exactly. like did you? Okay, so you're done with the first season. Yes. Just really quick. When she came back from the plane, and I remember she was like... Um, Telling her, her the brother. I forget what his name is. She's like, I'm hearing voices. He's like, Oh, now you're hearing voices. It's like, dude, she just came back from a mystery plane that was like <laughs> exactly. f- gone for five years. She lost her fiance. Like, he was like, Oh, now you're hearing voices. We're like, Dude, what?
2: <laughs> exactly. They they could have done better with some of the writing. Yes, and acting, but I kind of liked that it was bad. It, it just it draws you in. It draws you in. But the reason why I brought that up is because there's a lot of truth to. How when when they would get the callings, right? And it would lead to, okay, do this thing. And that would trigger this. And that would trigger that. And then it would show the full purpose of the whole thing. And so God is in the details. Sometimes it could be, do this one thing over here that looks so random that makes no sense whatsoever, but it's going to lead into something bigger that we just can't see yet. So for me in a relationship, there has to always be a trust in talking to God, leaning on God, not trying to make it make sense to us, but really honing in spiritually. I think um, also that keeping that spiritual connection alive, I believe that the world has been set up in a way that has detached us from our spirit. And so there's a lot of distraction going on. So I would want a partner who respects and understands we've got to keep that connection going by reducing the outside noise. I mean, and listen, we're not perfect. It doesn't mean you know, we could never watch TV or listen to regular music or whatever, right? But we do have to be mindful of what we're pouring into our spirit, what we're pouring into our mind. Um, to me, that's that's really the core things that I, I would look for in a relationship, as far as having that, having God in it, you know, um, and and just doing our best to grow. Like I'm, I'm one of the least judgmental people I think ever, and I just I don't expect anyone to be per- perfect. I don't expect them to look like what the society says a person of God should look like. I just want to know, all right, we're in this together. We're going to grow. We're going to make some mistakes. You know, there's that scripture that says the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. It's like, all right, you're going to fall. I'm going to fall. But let's just get back up together. Let's encourage each other and keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. So much of what you said too, like around the just spiritual distraction and the just like having that intentional conscious approach to life is so important. It's like Mm -hmm. being mindful of what you consume food-wise, drinking-wise, media-wise. Like There's so much of it that sometimes from the perspective of someone that isn't on the side of being awakened, and I don't mean that judgmentally, but it seems controlling. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's almost like, oh, that feels like it's controlling or that feels like... Not fun there's this like idea around like, oh, just like watch whatever crappy TV, eat whatever crappy food, or not really take care of yourself and I think when you do start to take care of yourself and really be mindful of everything you're consuming it's like really powerful yeah. um, and there's so much about that too where it's like having being able to talk freely about God and have the conversation like, oh my God, God is good. Or like, this is definitely an act of God, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about that, the spiritual distraction, like what do you mean? And how do you be, how do you stay mindful of it?
2: So one, let me just say, in, in regards to it feels controlling and it's easier just to eat bad and listen yeah. to bad things. I think what, what happens is we're so conditioned to those things that we don't understand the impact it's having. So it's kind of like, if you've been eating bad your entire life, You don't realize what that hamburger does to you, so to speak. But then go without meat for a few months, eat clean, detox, whatever. Now eat the hamburger. And now you feel it. Now you're feeling tired and and you're like, holy crap. This is what this was doing to me this entire time. But I had no clue because I was eating it all the time. So I think for a lot of people, they won't understand how much that TV, that music helps. the the social media page you're going to that's filled with negativity in the comment section that you just keep reading all the comments and I've done it myself, okay? How much that's actually impacting you not just in that moment but for the rest of your day and then how that day carries over to the next day and that negative energy just keeps rolling. So we have to be careful with that. So now as far as the, the distraction, I believe it's on all levels. I believe with the food, all right, what they're putting into the food and, and how it bombards our digestive system. All right, and doesn't allow our bodies to kick into its natural mechanisms of healing and all these things. Hell, just eating as much as we eat in general, like the body is a self healing organism. It knows what to do and how to handle itself if you allow it to, but we're, we keep putting stuff into it that it doesn't allow it to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the things that we watch on TV, again, it's pouring negativity. It's pouring fear into our spirit. It's pouring all this nonsense that when you're operating in that energy, how can you be spiritually connected? If you're walking in fear, how are you walking in faith? You see what I'm saying? How are you going to really connect with God if you're busy trying to analyze things for yourself? So that's how that pours away. The, the music, same thing. It's just, all the negative that it puts in our minds. I remember one time I was listening to this hip-hop song. I won't say what song it was, but it was like a few years ago and I used to listen to it back in college and I was driving and I heard the lyrics for the first time where it said like basically slap her if she says the wrong thing. Like it was basically advocating domestic abuse and I'm like, holy, like, this is what I've been listening yeah, to this whole time. You're like, hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the beat sounds great. I, was, I didn't hear that. But now I actually heard the words. And there's a lot of things. If you actually sit down and listen to the words, you're like, this is what it's saying. And people don't understand the power of the mind and how subconsciously you're being fed these messages, being fed these images, and what it's actually doing to you. So again, it all of that distracts you, all that pulls you away spiritually and it makes it harder for people to understand. And I even have to say, even, so one of the things I'm considering doing in the future is doing a podcast based off of supernatural experiences. Because I feel like so many people have experienced things but they're led to believe they're crazy. They're led to just, oh, dismiss it, it's it's nothing, whatever. And even that's a distraction because you're not letting people go deeper into figuring out what's really going on here. You know, Let's just dismiss it, put it to the side. But then if you actually went deeper, not only would you discover some new things, but you would spiritually grow because now you're venturing into a whole other world that you're going to have to learn more about. And that opens all kinds of doors. So this is on so many levels. I feel like we're just being pulled away spiritually because I, I, I I'll say this. It's when we get in tune with the spirit that we will no longer fall for the BS. You see, the world is filled with deception and distraction. We are being lied to every single day. But the more you get into that, like, you know, God knows better than what we think we can see, hear, and analyze. Once we get in tune spiritually, and, it's, and even if you don't look at it as a spiritual God thing, it, how many times has someone said their gut instinct was Right. Their intuition was right. Their inner voice was right. There's something within us as human beings that knows the answer. But if you are, again, too dis- detached from it because of everything that we're bombarded with, you don't get the truth. You will just fall into feeding into the lies.
1: Now I know I know why too you you came at this time and why you're here because this is like what I'm obsessed with, especially mm-hmm. with the music thing. It's like, Because I used to be like that too. Like Lil Wayne was like my fave. (laughs) Young Jeezy. I used to bump Young Jeezy in my Honda Civic in Cincinnati, Ohio. And now that I've sort of come to terms with understanding the subconscious mind, and it's so interesting, I find that so many people are so interested in the subconscious mind and subconscious programming, or they know that on social media, they need to block accounts that they don't feel like that they feel like trigger them. Mm -hmm. But then when you kind of move it a little bit further where you're like, Oh, do you know how powerful music is? It's like, yes. But then you're like, do you know that like the words are essentially programming you because Mm -hmm. they're leading you, you know, it's actually using the vibration of the music to sort of like put you in a state where they can program you with the words. Mm -hmm. And then people kind of fall off. They're like, Oh no, that's like crazy. And you're like, but we all know this thing. And I think, that's when you really start to see like what's going on with pop culture and media, how further away from ourselves it brings us. Yeah. And it's been hard because I mean, my husband used to, was like the other day, he's like, damn, we used to listen to so much hip hop together. That was so fun. I'm like, I know now I listen to like Sunday service and like, that's it. And so I kind of missed that life when I didn't really know, but you said something about the gut feeling and like intuition And I think this is like a hot topic for our audience. They're really interested in connecting further with their gut and listening to their intuition. But I think oftentimes in relationship, when you're with someone... You're not able... It's hard to tell because it's so close to your heart and it's so deeply ingrained in you like love is what love is. And a lot of us have a distorted view of love from like growing up with parents that maybe abandoned us or abused us or all these things. So then it actually feels like love when you're being mistreated or when Mm -hmm. you're being ignored, all those things like trauma bonding. Yeah. How do you help them like find their actual true gut and center? Or like what would you say to women who need to find and connect with their actual intuition and not just like a trauma bond.
2: Okay, so first, understand the difference between fear, unhealthy attachment, and intuition. Fear and unhealthy attachment is based upon what you are analyzing. Meaning, when you're afraid to do something, you're determining that taking this step would mean I'm risking this, this is too scary, I'm not comfortable with that. You're breaking that all down in your head and you're like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Intuition does not require any logic does not require any information. It's you can literally be in a room, everything seems great, but something in you is saying, leave. Something in you is like, something's not right here, all right? It does not need anything to be logical to tell you that. So what a woman I think has to do is one, give herself a moment to breathe, all right? What I believe has happened to women that has undermined their ability to make better decisions is that they have gotten closer to the logical and less and more away from the intuition and spirit. Women have a natural gift when it comes to intuition. I, I believe it's, it's an, uh, at a higher level than the average man. Not that men can't have intuition as well, men, they do, they, and they can connect with their spirit. But I believe with women, it's even more, it's stronger naturally. But women, and this kind of goes back to how like women have gotten so much more away from their feminine and more into the masculine. So they've gotten more into the logical mind of things. And so women will sit there and okay, you didn't call them today. And now, wait a minute, is he with another woman? Is he doing this? (laughs) Is that Like she's coming up with 101 things in her head, driving herself crazy. And again, now when she becomes afraid or now when she becomes irritable, whatever the case may be, it's stemming from the fear and what she attempted to break down logically. But if she just took a step back Take a breath. Deep inside, do you really think he's doing something right now? The answer would probably be no. And in some situations, it might be yes. All right, (laughs) But either way, you don't need all this stuff to tell you. You need your spirit to tell you. So I think, and, and, and even visualizing, I think visualizing is a powerful tool that women can use. I've always believed like women see things more vividly. When women fantasize, they can see the whole picture in their head. All right? I believe that gift can be used in seeing ahead with your situations. Like, if you meet a guy, visualize the relationship with him. Not what you want it to be. Just visualize, okay, if I was married to this man, what would that look like? And now tell me what you see. And I think some will be very surprised what they see is not good. Or in some situations, it might be amazing. You know, but I think that's another tool that women can use. But it it all starts with Take a step back from all this that you're analyzing and all these voices in your head. You're going to your friends. You're going to your family. You're going to your pastor. I'm not saying they can't give you accurate information, but you cannot let your decision be based upon their input, all right? They're just extra noise.
1: It's not like men don't have their intuition. Of course they do, mm-hmm. but there is that very special supernatural and supernatural aspect of women that is that psychic nature. And I think it has been interesting to see how I guess I'm sort of awakening to in my own personal life how the idea of femininity or feminism is not essentially what I thought it was.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, I think growing up, it was always like, be an independent woman be able to like do everything on your own and you know working instead of staying at home is actually like what you should want to do and you know you should want to just do all of these things and like work 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 and push 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 and be more like the masculine i think mm-hmm. feminism was sold to me being more masculine essentially mm-hmm. you know being in the The boardroom, being the CEO, all of that stuff. And not that like that's not important because I'm a CEO of a company. I've worked in corporate jobs, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm sort of realizing I'm like, ah, but actually the most feminine thing is the receiving, the most feminine thing is the slow life. The most feminine thing for me feels like being more of that like ability to take a beat Mm -hmm. and check in with your intuition and be slow and be mindful. So, what have you seen as like far as like the feminine? masculine relationship uh, over time? And yeah, I guess, what is your perspective on that?
2: So one, let me say, in regards to feminism, you know, I look at feminism in two different sections.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
2: There's the feminist who is about uplifting women, all right, loves her sisters, wants what's good for women. That is what's driving her. And then there's the feminist who's driven by a hatred of men. There's, it's bitterness, it, it, it's negative energy that's really pushing them. And one of the best ways to see the difference is the, the one who's about her sisters and uplifting women is compassionate and wants you to make a choice of what is best for you. Whether that's be the homemaker or be in the boardroom, it's what, what makes you happy. What speaks to your heart? The bitter one wants you to only do it her way. And if you don't do it her way, It's, well, you're not a real woman. You're not this. They will attack you. And it's like, how are you a feminist attacking other women? That that doesn't make sense. And it's crazy because now men have the same thing going on. Uh, There's this uh, men going your own way movement or red pill, however you want to phrase it, where there's a section of it that's, okay, really looking out for uplifting men, empowering men, and then others who will, again, attack a man if they don't see things the way they do. And so it's 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 an unfortunate thing but in regards to the whole masculine and feminine dynamic I definitely believe so there's a book uh the way of the superior man and yes awesome book and it's talked about how society has shifted from having the masculine feminine polarity that was you know the man going to work you know handling things the woman being at home to now it's like this neutral thing where you got men being more feminine you got women being more masculine But what's now happening is people are not as happy. People are more stressed out. The relationship quality has gotten even worse. All right? The sexual energy in the relationship is not there because if there's no polarity in the masculine and feminine, sexually, it's going to throw things off. Plain and simple. And so, but he does feel like we're going to start to shift back to where the masculine, the men get more into the masculine, women get more into the feminine. And I do believe that that's going to happen. You know, I do believe that people are waking up more to this reality and understanding we need the balance. It, it, even in uh, homosexual relationships, the ones who are serious and are long-term, they understand there has to be a masculine and a feminine. Plain and simple. You're not going to see two masculines or two feminine trying to have a long-term relationship typically. So we as heterosexuals have to accept that as well and understand that. I always say, listen, if you're a woman and you're genuinely happy being in your masculine, so be it. I'm not going to tell you how to run your life. You do what you want. But what I have found is that doesn't typically work in the long run. At some point, being in her masculine wears her down, drains her. And now, she, she wishes she had a man who was more masculine so that she can slide more into her feminine energy. And when he isn't that man, he res- she resents him. She doesn't respect him the same. And, and now we have the whole clashing between the two. So I think it's important for both sides to accept, listen, there is a core energy and, and, and understand that we have masculine and feminine within us. We have to know how to tap into both sides. You know, so it, it doesn't mean you're just 100% masculine or 100% feminine. But one will be the dominant energy and you need to choose wisely because if you don't, it's going to set you up for problems.
1: Yes. Yeah, I really agree about the, the feminist observation too because it's like, I guess what has been the turnoff for me is that the feminists who actually don't uh, like agree, or er, the most feminist thing that you could do is really allow any woman to be however she wants. Mm-hmm. You know, If she wants to stay home, that's great. If she doesn't, that's great. So it's like it felt like there's part of that community that's actually very judgmental of women if they don't act in the same way that they do. hmm And what I've noticed too within our community about this topic is like, all of them are so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Like one time we had this event, I forget what city we were in and there was like a few hundred women and we were talking about something. We're like, how many of you are exhausted? Literally all of them raised their hands. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's heartbreaking. And you could Mm -hmm. see it. In their eyes and their hearts, when you ask someone that and they realize, and I've done that myself, it's like, are you, someone's like, are you exhausted? I'm like, damn, I am. (laughs) And I'm I'm like, super sad. I'm like, frick, I am freaking exhausted. And so many women are so exhausted from like working, trying the side hustle, making sure that the relationship's good, making sure the friendships are good, making sure their self care is good. There's so many different aspects I think that women take care of. And I know even in my personal life, like, I am the emotional barometer for our relationship. Like I'm the person that's going to be on top of like, if we're feeling connected, if we're doing this, if we're doing that. So that's like another responsibility that I hold. So it's mm-hmm. like, if I'm working and doing all the things and doing that too, it does get exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I do know that as women, it is like that receiving that slowness that sometimes can feel so nurturing and nice. And then the other thing I noticed too was like, my mom worked my whole life and... Um, Which was, you know, a fine experience. I don't know anything else, but I did realize that it seems like now most women are in the workplace. I think most households have dual incomes, Mm -hmm. but I don't think people have gotten any richer. And I don't think people's median household income has increased. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm a little bit weirded out, where I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, if both people are going to be working and then the quality of life is better, they're living better, they're living, you know, in a nicer way because that's the goal of having two dual household incomes but it doesn't seem like the median household income is increased so it seems like it's a lie that like women are going to contribute to overall having more money in the house to having more a better life it's like where's it's just like capitalism
2: <laughs> yeah that's it and 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 that's the problem i think people have to start to ask themselves what is more important I, I don't believe we have to have two income households. I know for some people, it is what it is. But I believe the problem is, one, for a lot of people, money management. All right? People are, some people make more money, but then they spend more money. And so, ultimately, I remember this one couple, they were always struggling. And at the time, uh, the, the husband wasn't working and the wife was working at this regular job. And then, eventually, she ends up getting this huge promotion all right, and he gets a job. And I'm thinking, okay, they're no longer going to be broke. Everything's going to be great. Two months later, they're still asking for money. <laughs> they're, they're right back to where they were. They did not learn. Asking you? Yeah, and, and other people. <laughs> and so it's like, they, their money management was their real issue as well as sacrificing. You know, you want that big house, right? But do you need it at the expense of you, both parties having to work and now losing the balance in the relationship in other areas. Like, listen, if you can have it all, have it all. But if someone said to me, what would I rather have? Both people working and have this big house and nice car or a small condo, I'll just be the one working so I can handle it and have a better relationship. I'll take the small condo every day because people don't understand how much they're sacrificing their peace, uh, uh, their just overall quality of life, their health, how much that's being damaged by constantly trying to go after the money and everybody's working. And I remember reading an article about how back in the days, you know, when it was one income households, you had this dynamic where because the woman was home, she could basically absorb the stress of the man in the sense of, okay, she can be there for him, console him, make him feel good, created that balance. But now once they went to two uh, income households, one, you, uh, there was a rise in women going to therapy. And and basically having more stress and and going through a lot more physical uh, ailments because stress induces all kinds of diseases and issues. And the balance in the home was gone because now you have two people coming home from a stressful day. He's looking at her like, take care of me. She's looking at him like, well, you need to take care of me right now. No one's taking care of each other. Then you got kids involved. And then that becomes a burden or feels like a burden at that time. And it just creates a very unhealthy environment. So I do think we, we've got to get our priorities in order and understand what's really important. And, and even if we have to work two incomes for right now, let's create a structure to where we don't have to do this forever. So if we say, all right, let's just say two people both making $75,000. If we agree for the next 5 years, we're going to live off of my 75,000 and we're going to take your 75 and invest it, make it savings, whatever. Then after 5 years, she won't have to work anymore. There'll be a huge cushion and 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 also be smart. If you know that you want to get to that point, let's also hold off on kids maybe, depending on how old we are. Let's wait, let's get this foundation set first. And then now, five years later, we're looking at, what, uh, over over $400,000, and whether that be in, in assets and investments or savings, a combination of those things. She no longer has to work. We have money in case, you know, anything, because everybody says, well, what if one person loses their job? Well, if you save for a few years, you don't have to worry about that, you know? Or you could have paid off your house in that time by just taking her 75 and just paying it off, you know, whatever the case may be. We can accomplish this if we're willing to make the sacrifices and be creative enough to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. When I realized that I was like, oh, wow, we're just kind of part of the machine. Like it's, we're just further into the machine Mm -hmm. of wanting more, of just that rat race of life that I was like, oh, wow, maybe this isn't the best thing because now I just was like, oh, wow, this is very interesting that, we now want the bigger house when you're making more money or now you want more stuff when you're making this amount of money and it just never ends. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, that life never ends. Like the wanting never ends, the desire never ends. And I think a lot of that is because, and I would say this if you were here or not, like that relationship with God. It's like, it never ends. Like you will never be satisfied if you don't have God. You know, Mm -hmm. if there isn't something in your life that is your reason, your faith, then you will never, the earthly things will never satisfy you. Absolutely. Um, Something you said too, when we were talking about that, was super interesting, about the man when he comes home, like the woman absorbing the the feelings and like emotions of him. I want to talk about that because at first it's like, and I'm open to changing my mind, but at first Mm. I'm like, ah, that feels like I would be taking his unprocessed emotions or feelings or I would be taking on things that he would need to deal with himself. I guess, tell me more about that.
2: Okay, so look at it like this. Your kids come home from whatever. They come home, they're rattled because somebody at school was picking on them, all right? And as a woman, you know how to just calm them down, get them feeling better, and they're okay. So when I say absorb, not absorb in the sense of taking that negative energy and holding onto it and having it within you now, but you know how to dissipate it. Because you are at a happier place where you can handle those things better. If you're worn down and stressed out, you're not going to be able to be present enough in that moment to know how to handle your partner. And, and it's not to say that men are like children, but in, in a lot of literally, ways... <laughs> I,
1: thought that. I literally thought that. I was like, oh, my son's home.
2: <laughs> but but in, in ways, if women handled us with the same energy that they handle kids mm-hmm. like I always when women say I, to oh me God, I yes. struggle to be feminine or I'm not feminine I say well how are you around children and they say oh I'm loving I'm sweet I say, okay that same energy that you give kids give to your man be loving be sweet be calm see the, the problem is you don't see the children as a threat to your emotions so you're vulnerable you're not guarded you're just open and flowing with the feminine energy the man is seen as a threat and because of that, you are holding back. But in holding back, you're not giving him what he needs. And if he's not getting what he needs, he will then struggle to pour back into you. See, it just throws everything off. So there is kind of a correlation between how you come at the kids, come at your man. I even had this one situation once where a client, I had broken down the whole feminine energy thing to her. And she was like, you know what's interesting? She had her son, but her son was like, let's say 21 years old. He came home for the weekend from college. And the whole weekend he was there. She's like, you know, whatever you need, baby, sweetheart, this, serving him, all this stuff. And then once the uh, son left, the boyfriend looked at her and was like, why don't you ever talk to me like that? Why don't I ever get that treatment? You see, it's in you. You're fully capable. But for whatever reason, well, I know what the reason is. Again, because you're guarded and because some women feel like, well, I shouldn't have to do all. What, What do you mean? Let the love pour out. Let it pour out because you will win more in doing that than by holding it back and if you see that a man is not respecting and honoring your overflow of love and femininity then he's just not the guy but don't restrict it because now you're going to restrict it for the guy who deserves it who would honor it and respect it but he's just like man my, my partner is just hard
1: <laughs> I think that's the key is the restriction
2: because it
1: is like You know, I thought about that. I'm like like when I thought about that in my head about doing that with my partner, I'm like, oh my gosh, but I can't. I have too much going on. It's like, you know, my I think of my to-do list, I think of all the things. And then when that's removed, it's like you do have that energy flow. And Mm -hmm. the thing about it is that some women might be like, Oh, that's catering to them. But it's like if that energy is part of you and it feels really good to be loving, it feels really good to like love on children or animals or whatever it is, then you can experience that in your life and my husband, he's always like, he's like, you need to be sweet. I'll be like, you need to go to the B Sweet Academy. He says at the B Sweet Academy, he's like, you need to go to the Be Sweet Academy. They've got a new session starting up because you need to be sweet. And I've been a lot sweeter over time, but for a while it was so resistant because I felt like we would lose polarity. So how can you be that feminine and warm and loving like you are with a son or children, but not, but still be like sexually attracted to them?
2: I think you become more sexually attracted. The the sexual attraction is not contingent on you giving the femininity. It's him meeting it with his masculinity. You're turned on by how masculine he is, all right? So as long as he's walking in that, you're going to be good in that regard. But what you have to understand is you restricting your feminine energy doesn't help bring... and, And it goes both ways. So think about it like this. Like a man who is very masculine women will naturally find themselves being more feminine around him, all right? Now, I don't want women to wait for that. I don't want women to make it a man's responsibility. Same way, I don't want to make it a woman's responsibility for a man to be in his masculine. But understand that what we give out, we can bring out the opposite energy that balances the whole thing out. So I think it's just important for everybody to, and that's why I'm so big on men tapping more into their masculine energy and women tapping into their feminine energy because that's what's going to make it all work. And, and going back to what you said about, you know, some women being hesitant because that's like catering to the man. But as you pretty much laid out, you're actually giving yourself what you really want. You want to love freely. You want to pour into somebody. You know, one of the big reasons why women have kids, especially at an early age, is because they want someone to love and they want to be able to really get to a being that they don't have to worry about betraying them. That's really what it is. It's like, I don't have to worry about this kid turning on me, all right? At least for the first few for years. the first few years. <laughs> <laughs> right? But and I get to this poor love. And, and that's why a lot of times you'll see women who'll have a kid. And then once the kid grows up to be independent, they want another kid. Because now they lost that dynamic, all right? So you pouring love into your men, deep inside is what you want. That's what makes you happy. Why, why are you robbing yourself of that piece? You know, again, the fear is he won't honor it, respect it, he'll take advantage of it. it. Your femininity is not the issue. Your selection process of who you're giving it to is. So now, if you're with a man that you can't be all that with, then again, you're either with the wrong man or he is not ready for a real relationship. But don't ever restrict yourself because now your quality of life will drop. As well as understand that to me, masculine energy, when women carry too much of that, it manifests into emotional stress. Because for a lot of women, masculine energy or the exuding of it is a defense mechanism. All right? You think that will protect you. So again, even in the dynamic of the relationship, in being guarded, in not being so sweet, you think that will set you up for less hurt. But in reality, it sets you up for more hurt. You're hurting yourself and you're pushing the man away with this hard, walled off energy. So no one wins, you know? So ultimately, everyone will benefit from that woman walking more into her femininity.
1: Yes. That is, yes. I completely agree. And it's interesting because this feels like radical. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this feels like radical information. And Yeah, it just, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, wow, this is going to be very eye opening for people because I don't think people are thinking about it in this way. And so when we think about masculinity, how can we tell? I know people talk about toxic masculinity a lot, but I kind of want to make sure that we're talking a little bit about the difference between the two. So, how does a woman know that a man is truly in his masculine, like his? Divine masculine and it's not like toxic masculinity because we've been so removed from actual true divine masculine that when we see toxic ma- masculinity, we sometimes think it's that so can we talk a little bit about those differences
2: okay so one i, I don't even really believe in toxic masculinity I, I think because to me if we're going to say toxic masculinity, then then we should say toxic femininity, but I don't think either exists. I think what what you're seeing in the man who portrays what is labeled as toxic masculinity is an insecure, damaged man. There's nothing masculine about that, all right? So, for example, if you see a man who goes back and forth with women and arguing, how is that masculine? Masculine energy is poised, is composed. It doesn't get engaged in nonsense, all right? It understands it has better things to do. If he's doing that, it's because, again, he is not emotionally mature, he again, or he is hurt, he is damaged, and he is acting those things out. So I, we have to start understanding that the real difference is is this man confident and secure in who he is? Number one, all right. Is he someone that still needs healing in his life? Because if he is, has not healed, that is where he now becomes more emotionally triggered. Like we, we're living in a world where everyone's emotionally reactive. And to me, it's it's extremely important for men to stop doing that, number one. I'm not saying that we all shouldn't improve in that way, but I think it looks even worse when you're a man who's always just e- reacting emotionally and you're not taking a step back and processing things and allowing yourself to understand that we don't need to jump into every situation. It's kind of like how I remember seeing um, s- several years ago, NFL players getting in trouble because they would tweet the wrong thing, right? And I'm thinking like, you had time to sit down (laughs) and type what was clearly going to be offensive or problematic when you have a high-paying job. How do you allow yourself to do that? And and I understand it's because, again, it's that emotional trigger and not having evolved in a way that learns how to master the emotion and and be more poised. And again, we're going to all have our moments and make our mistakes, but I was seeing the pattern happening a lot more than it needs to be or, or it once looked like it used to happen. And again, it's because of that lack of maturity. So going back to the question, I think it's that confidence in self. I think it's that making sure it's someone who's healed and evolved, someone who knows how to communicate. All right? Again, I think someone who is walking in his masculine energy does not have an issue with discussing things and can discuss it as a grown, mature adult. That is a huge key right there. Now, are there other things, of course, that are going to play into a man's masculine energy? And, and this kind of goes back to even our diets. I believe, again, our diets have completely thrown our hormones out of whack. And we have to understand that at the, at the core of our energy, there is a biological programming, which is testosterone and estrogen. Plain and simple. This idea, there's people now who want to say uh, masculine and feminine are social constructs and it doesn't really exist. That's pure nonsense, all right? Because again, it is a biological fact. If you take a woman and you start ingesting, inject, injecting her with testosterone, she'll become more aggressive. She'll become more assertive. She will, um, her libido will jump. All right? Things that are typically attached to men and masculine energy. A man, if you start injecting him with testosterone, he will become more emotional. All right? He, will, his, he won't build muscle the same. His sex drive will drop. These are just biological facts. So when we are struggling to walk in our energies, we do have to understand how are we taking care of our body?
0: Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian-formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period, pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some, some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Daloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends. And they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Daloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try to Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost thirty and use the code almost thirty to get twenty-three percent off plus free shipping. If deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost thirty and use the code almost thirty to get twenty-three percent off plus free shipping.
2: Unfortunately, today's medicine want men to believe that you cannot improve your testosterone without medication and treatment. Yeah, Blue, blue True and, and TRT injections. And listen, I'm going to be honest. I was once on the injections because I had found out my testosterone was crazy low. And then I went through a detox. Well, I went through a fat. Well, no, I went through a detox. Then I did the fast. Then I was like, okay, why am I going to go back to injecting my body with foreign things? That doesn't make any sense anymore. I'm going to figure this out naturally. And then through doing research, there's tons of ways to do this naturally. And now my testosterone is higher than it was with the injection. So it's like, these are things they're not teaching us anymore. They're not showing us these things. And and when you get your testosterone or your hormones in a better place, your mood is going to get better. Your energy is going to get better. Your focus is going to get better. This is for both sexes. You know what I'm saying? So it goes both ways. And I think we just have to learn how to tap into those Natural ways of achieving a higher quality of life and getting our energy where it needs to be.
1: Yeah, it's like, who are you if you were not stressed, if you were well slept, if you were mm-hmm. nourishing your body? You know, it's, I realized that too when I stopped drinking. So I don't drink really. I stopped drinking when I was like 25 and I was like, damn. Or like even doing recreational drugs. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't have anxiety. I was just like, Coming down from drugs, <laughs> you know or like i didn't ha- I wasn't depressed. I was just hung over mm-hmm. for three days of the week, and I did have you know bouts of both, but I realized when I started to like when I became vegan and plant based my moods completely changed when I got off birth control, my moods completely changed, and I think for anyone listening, most everyone listening is very wellness curious health curious, so they've done all their research and they're really understanding hormones but your personality is like truly revealed when you are treating your body really well, when Absolutely. you are fasting, when you are eating nutritiously, when you are not eating processed foods, when you are watching your consumption. And that's when you can really be in relationship with someone and know the true them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just kind of like responding to sugar crashes, yeah. we're responding to like, you know, stressors of life, we're responding to all these different things, and it's hard.
2: Mm-hmm. I once had a person who who DM'd me, this is years ago, and she has talked about how she used to be very overweight, very obese. And I think she lost like 100 pounds. And she was encouraging me to talk about it more because she said, you know, a lot of people are always focused on how you physically look, you know, from carrying the weight and and, and diets and things of that nature. But how she talked about how she transformed personality-wise. Like, the true her came out. She was happier. She was more positive all these wonderful things, and she ended up getting married, and all these beautiful things happened after she started taking care of her body a lot better, you know, and people don't understand that, and there is a connection, because again, if you're tired and cranky, how can you be positive and loving, and hell, from both ends, if you're tired and cranky, how can you be that composed, calm, masculine man, right, and if you're cranky and tired, how can you be that loving, positive, feminine woman, It's going to take you away from that. It's going to make it a struggle. And I think because many people are functioning with it, they don't understand how much they're not at their optimal level. You know what I'm saying? It's like being a functioning alcoholic. Okay, yeah, I can go to work and get through the day, but I'm nowhere near the level of production and efficiency I could be at if I got clean and got off of it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think with the weight loss thing too, it's like, You know, because you could be incredibly happy and in relationship, if you're overweight, whatever, it's not even about the weight, but I think it's about like choosing yourself, Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, I'm going to choose myself every single day. Like, I'm going to choose to make the best decision for me. I'm going to commit to something. I'm going to build self trust. There's so much about your personality that is revealed, but then also created through those moments of like choosing yourself and your health and how you want to feel. I did want to talk a little bit about, like couples that have been in long-term relationships and how they can increase that polarity, you know, between the masculine and the feminine or how can they keep the spark alive when they've been together for a while?
2: All right. So the first thing that comes to mind (laughs) and some of the ladies may not like hearing this, but one thing I have found is that a woman's natural, I don't know if it's a natural inclination or what women have just been programmed to do, but women are when something is not being done when they want it to get done, they will go and do it. All right? And so what you find in a lot of these relationships that have lost the polarity is the woman being the more assertive one, getting things done. I'm not going to wait around for him. And men are very much creatures of condition. If you keep saying, I got it, I'm going to let you do it. It's like if a man offers to carry your groceries when he first met you. But every time you're like, no, I got it. I'm good. I'm good. He will at some point stop asking. He won't offer anymore. Not because he was never willing, but you keep saying you got it. So why am I going to keep trying to do something that you don't take any value in? All right? I'm not going to... Men don't want to keep doing what doesn't work. So now, you have these relationships where it starts with that and then everything else starts to get thrown off. So... Where some people are going to have to start is basically setting straight the person who needs to be handling things or even making the decisions, all right? And again, I know a lot of women aren't going to like that, but what they have to understand is I'm not telling you to let him make the decisions to essentially be his slave or let him be your dictator. It's to take the burden off of you, all right? It's to also Have him learn how to do it. So it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with business. You get so used to doing it yourself that when you hire someone, you keep having hands on it. And we don't know how to delegate and take our hands off it. And now we can't put our energy into more important things. So as a woman in that relationship, your energy could be going to more important, better things as well as your own self-care. All right, because you don't even have time to take care of you because you got to handle everything in a damn relationship. Everything with the kids, with your, with your family members, all this stuff. Where, where are you in this? All right, But if you learn to hand it off to him, and I would say, listen, if you're with a man that you can't trust to make decisions, then we got to evaluate why you're even in that relationship. But if you can at least take a step back and say, you know what? Is it really that he can't make decisions or that he hasn't been allowed to do it? And one thing I've learned is that if if you jump down his throat the first few times he tried, his struggle to make decisions is because he's scared to disappoint you. All right? And this has happened to some of us in work environments where if we have that overbearing manager, now we're over... Like, you could be a smart person and people can make you feel like you're crazy and stupid because everything is being, you know, oh, well, this isn't right. This. It's like, Let me learn. Let me grow in this position. So I think it's important for the the ladies to let their man grow in the position of being able to take the lead. And of course, with the understanding that he does it for the best interest of everyone involved, of you and him. So not just him doing what he wants to do, but him doing what is best. And even if that means he's going to make some mistakes, as long as it's not going to be a mistake that destroys your, your whole family unit or destroys everything, Let him do it. Let him learn how to make better decisions. And of course, he, any man listening, I'm going to say, consider your partner's feelings. Talk to her. It doesn't mean just do, again, just don't do what you want, but he has to learn. And I think just that one change can completely shift the energy in the relationship, all right? Because now as a woman, when you know you can come home to a man who you can rely upon to lead and make the right decisions and handle his business, removing that burden just lets your feminine energy flourish even more. Plus, you become more attracted to him. Because let's be real, women are attracted to men who get things done. They're attracted to power and assertiveness and all these things. So when he can show that, you're going to naturally become more attracted to him. And it's going to be easier for you to be feminine in other ways in the relationship.
1: So I think that's a huge one for a lot of people. Hey, that's huge. So huge. That's huge. That's literally very, that's my life. <laughs> literally. I'm like, why don't you schedule dinners with our friends? He's like, I don't really want to go to with dinners to our, with our friends as much as you do. I'm like, well, why aren't you scheduling them? <laughs> that is huge. And it is, it's like having that, and that's part of the femininity and just like being able to live with ease and being more comfortable and mm-hmm. feeling less stressed and feeling more embodied. And I do feel like, and I'm curious if you agree, like I do feel like women are, and I've, I have said this earlier, like we are the um, like the barometer for the relationship. Like I feel like we intuitively know how things are going and like what's needed and maybe... Yeah, even in like a detrimental way almost where we're so critical of the relationship. But I think because we're feelers, we're always sort of in tune with that. Would you agree?
2: I agree. And I think what women have to understand, I think the problem isn't women being the barometer or being more in tune. It's how women react to it. All right? And so again, I think women have lost sight of how powerful the feminine is, not just with men, with people. So perfect example I've told some of my clients who have kids, when you tell your child to do something and they don't immediately do it, there's this, there's this idea that, okay, let me get more aggressive with my request to get them to do it. Or I got to bark at them. Or I got to even raise my hand at them to get them to do it. But try upping the femininity. Go to them. Start rubbing them. Hey, can you do this for me right now? Be real charming. I, I can almost guarantee you'll see a better reaction from upping the femininity than you would from becoming more aggressive. All right? So again, we think that that's what, that's not what really works. Women who know how to wield their femininity like a sword, get their way. They get whatever they want. You know, and there's a, there's a example I like to use where I ask women, okay, if you ever went to a strip club and you paid attention, a lot of times the woman who can make the most money isn't the one who dances the best, looks the best, or even has the best body the one who talks to the customer the best, the one who knows how to make that man feel so good, man, he will throw his whole wallet at that woman, all right? She doesn't have to do anything, and he'll come back every week and do it again. When women learn how to make their partner feel good, and again, don't look at that as some kind of weakness or why do I have to do that? No, I'm giving you power here. I'm giving you free game, all right? Like, you're going to get what you want and more, when you understand how to just stay in your feminine. Granted, there's going to always be moments, like I said earlier, we have masculine and feminine. You may have to tap into masculine for certain situations, but more than likely, the feminine will get you much further in most cases. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love and this, this strip club thing. I've always been like, they're fine. They just, I was like, they're always like, talking to you I'm like that's where I get nervous so I'm like they're always talking to you Like that's where I've been like uncomfortable but how do you know when it's like a tough patch in a relationship and and when you should leave like what's just a tough patch and when is the time when you should leave that relationship
2: uh, to me the main the main key is are is your partner even acknowledging the issue and are they willing to work on it now work on it depending on what the issue is may not be a snap of the finger fix all right some things take time. If, if he's not used to certain things, you know, it's, he has to reprogram himself now. I think what's important for women, and this will also, I think, show the woman what's really going on here is when women have, when, when couples are going through a rough patch, and let's just say a lot of times, the rough patch didn't just happen. It's been building up over time, okay? And Even if she said something about it, she may not have fully expressed the issue or done it in an effective manner. So now it's built up. Now you tell this man, okay, either you fix this or I'm leaving, right? He said, okay, okay, I'm going to do something about this. But now her approach is, I'm not going to open myself back up because I can't trust you have really changed. So I'm going to sit back and wait to see if this is real. But there's no time frame that determines that this is real. So now this man is making an effort. And let's just say he's making a genuine effort to fix this. But a week, two weeks in, you're still looking at him with a side eye like, I don't trust you. (laughs) You're you're still not reciprocating. You're still holding back because you don't trust this is real. So now he becomes discouraged because it's like, well, what the hell? This isn't working. You asked for this. I'm doing this. I'm not seeing any acknowledgement of it. I'm not seeing any reward for it. So why the hell am I going to keep doing it? Because remember what I said earlier, men are creatures of condition. If it's not working, we will stop. And working means we're seeing a positive reaction from you. So it's important for the woman to understand that while we are fixing this, you have to reward the progress. You have to acknowledge it. You have to pour back into him. You've got to put your best foot forward during that same time frame. I know it's hard because again, you believe, well, how do I know he's just not playing me? Well, here's the key. If you pour back into him during that time and after three weeks or so, he stops, he's full of shit. All right? I'm, I'm just going to say it straight up right now. He's full of it because the guy who loves you, who's serious about you and genuine, and he sees he's being rewarded for these actions and, and you're pouring back into it, why the hell would he stop? He's not going to because he knows this works. It reminds me of this this one story I read one time on Reddit. Kind of a different scenario, but (laughs) it was this this guy who was saying how his wife, or it was either his girlfriend or his wife, always wanted him to watch chick flicks with her. And he didn't care for chick flicks. He didn't want to watch it, right? But one day he he said, all right, I'm just going to try because she really made an issue with it. So he tried. And that day she gives him a blowjob. He's like, okay, well, this is nice. Uh, let, let's let's try this again, right? So they did it again, and she did it again. And what happened was, he said it's crazy because now, over time, it wasn't that every time they watched a Chipley, he had to get a blowjob. But <laughs> the, the the reward system incentivized him initially to where now he actually enjoys watching the movies with his girl. All right, So and and she still does it sometimes, but again. He saw a benefit, so he kept doing it. But if he would have sat there with her, watched it, and there would have been nothing, and again, it doesn't have to be a blowjob, but at least something that shows I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you sitting with me even though I know you don't even care for this. That motivates the man. Appreciation breeds production. And so it's important that when going through those rough patches, you're you're coming with your best foot forward, showing appreciation, pouring back into him, And again, if he's really for you and loves you, he will continue to be consistent. It doesn't mean he won't ever have a day off, but he will be consistent in the way that he wasn't before. Whereas the guy who's about playing games, he will stop once he thinks the coast is clear.
1: That's true. The coast is clear. That's so true. Yeah, I feel like since I've upped appreciation, it's made our life and relationships so much better. Mm -hmm. And even just with any relationships that I have, you know, it's like, Because if you don't have appreciation for your partner, then you shouldn't be there. So it's really just like acknowledging what's what's true. And my husband and I were having this like deep conversation and he was like really sharing his heart. And afterwards, I was like, you did so good. I was like, you really did great in that conversation. He's like, you think I'm like a hunchback. He's like, dude, I like (laughs) am totally fine to share my feelings. He's like, you like, but it's just as like as the woman to hear a man like share his heart is like. There's nothing better, so always appreciating. And also men are a little, I mean, would you say men are like dogs a little bit? You got to just like reward them for the behavior.
2: Yeah, honestly, yeah. I know. It's true. In like
1: a kind, nice way.
2: Yes, uh, exactly. And it's not to, you know, devalue men or insult them. But yes, we, again, we want to know this works. That's all. We're very logical beings. So if it doesn't seem to elicit any kind of positive response, why would we keep doing it? it feels like a waste of our time.
1: What's a supernatural experience that you've had that's been <laughs> wild? We are all about the woo-woo supernatural oh, vibes. Man. Do you have one that's like...
2: I, I have so many. I'm, I'm trying to think about which one Do you one have to them pick.
1: regularly? Like through meditation or what's your process?
2: It's not even a process. The, the things that's happened. Right. Um, dreams and all kinds the of situations. Spirit? Yeah. Well, the spirits I have seen have... So, okay, sometimes I don't even know what state of being I'm in. I don't know if I'm asleep, awake, in some different dimension. All I know is it's, I've, I've literally felt like I've woken up and I'm in my room, but the way I'm seeing things is very different. It, 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 again, I, I don't even know if I want to say it's a dream. It feels like I'm in a different dimension. That's what it feels like, all right? In a completely different alternate reality but it is still attached to the reality you know um, the one thing that pops in my mind and, and so it goes back to even like you know how they talk about with sex there's a transferring of energy okay and so for a long time I didn't really believe that um, but in time to- and, and again it's because a lot of times we don't feel that we don't we're not, we haven't cleansed our spirit enough to be able to be aware of what's going on but there was um I'll give two ones real quick because there they're, are they're two different ways I have felt it. So one time, uh, many years ago, all right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> People are like, all your exes are tracking. Yeah, right? Many years <laughs> ago.
2: Oh, um, I'm never going to say what state I went to. Went to a state, whatever, hooked up with an old friend, had sex. That night, I woke up in the bed and I know I was awake. This time I can say I was awake. I woke up and I literally saw spirits all around the room. And it was like her spirit was next to me, talking to me also saying, why aren't you having sex with me right now? What is wrong with you? All right? And then I just turned my head and everything just went away. But here's the kicker. After I ended up leaving that night, well, that night, the next day I was like, okay, I ain't staying here. This is some crazy shit. I don't know what the hell's going on. You know, and I didn't completely understand this dynamic at the time. I just know I know what the hell I saw and I know I'm not going crazy. So I left. Later on that weekend, I ended up catching the worst case of sciatica ever in my life. All right? And I don't know if you're familiar with sciatica, but it's like basically the disc in your back is pressing up on a nerve. So it's setting shooting pain. I could barely walk. I couldn't walk. I had driven down from uh, Georgia. I could not drive back up. I had to stay extra days. I was literally laying on my friend's floor for days. All right? Finally shot myself up with enough painkillers and everything to get back to Georgia. Get back to Georgia. All right. Um, still going to a chiropractor, all these different things. And then one day, I was also taking these muscle relaxers. And this is another reason why I'm not big on medication anymore. These muscle relaxers were helping with the back pain, but then I couldn't pee.
0: Mm.
2: I would literally had to stand in front of the toilet for Lord knows how long before anything finally came out. And I'm like, okay, clearly it's like it, it fixes, medication will fix one thing and break something else. All right, So then I walk out the bathroom and I get this... Cr- the pain just comes rushing out of nowhere. drop to the floor. Now I'm trembling like I'm having a seizure or like, like I was in, in Antarctica. All right, Shaking like crazy. I'm panicking now. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I, um, I was living with roommates and I was like, yo, I, I might have to go to the ER but call my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law was a very spiritual person. Now mind you, brother-in-law does not know the story of me being down there, hooking up with the girl, none of that, all right? They call him. I swear this is a true story. This man walks in the room, closes the door, and the first thing he says to me is, this is spiritual, not physical. He comes down, starts laying hands, and starts praying. The shaking stops. And then he stretched me out. We talked. I never got it that bad again since that time. And so... There's been a lot, again, that's just one example, but it was like, okay, yeah. Like, there's no way for him to have known that. There's no way for him to, again, he did not know anything about the story. Why would he say this is spiritual, not physical? He had no information to go So do you think
1: that of. it like opened up some sort of portal and then there was like an energy that was like attached to you?
2: I, I, I think that, yeah, again, people are carrying around spirits on them that they're not aware of. And those things can get easily attached. And it's not even just through sex. You can have, I've had people come in my house before and me feeling this anxiety come over me within. And I had to step away and start praying. And and specifically praying like, okay, if there's any spirits here, they got to go. Like commanding them to leave. And then I literally could feel the anxiety just go away. Wow. So it's in various ways. And that's why I'm saying we have to be very, and and I think the, the thing is, I'm at a place where I'm extremely spiritually sensitive. So again, it goes back to that eating bad. I think people are being affected, but they don't know what's happening. So they didn't, the same way they didn't know that hamburger was making them tired. They don't know what spirit is hitting them. They don't understand that that depression, that anxiety is attached to what they've been recently exposed to. They just chalk it up to, you know, I'm just depressed or this isn't going well. no take an inventory of what just happened. I even had another time one time where I had a, somebody come through and uh, do a massage. And I know this person is into alternative spiritualities. We'll just say it like that. Right? But I didn't think anything of it at the time. I just figured, oh, whatever. Cool. She came, gave me the massage. Later that night, I ended up having crazy attacks in my dream. All right? Crazy attack, And I remember waking up for a moment and Again, I, it wasn't that my mind connected; it was her or whatever. But in that moment, I just remember thinking, "Who's been in my house?" And then I fell back asleep. And then when I went, when I woke up in the morning, then I started thinking things too, and I was like, "And it took me a little while to realize, wait a minute, she was here, and she ain't never come back after that." But. Mm-hmm.
1: And she brought friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She brought friends. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
2: So it, it it's in a lot of different ways, but again. I got stories for days. That's not even scratching the surface. I can't wait. And and that's the thing. I think for for a lot of people, you know, they might hear one story and say, oh, well, no, it's coincidence or it's that. When you go through as much as I've gone through, you can't deny it anymore. This is what it is. And the, the spiritual realm is something that has been around or spoken about since the beginning of time. There's no reason for us to think this is just a bunch of nonsense right now. No, it's real but we're not taught about it. It's, it's, it's very interesting to me that churches don't speak on stuff like this. All right? And again, it's another form of detaching people from the spirit. It's even, there's a great book I love, um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And in it, Napoleon Hill supposedly sits down and interviews the devil. Now, it's up to the reader to determine if you believe he interviewed the devil or not. I believe he did. All right, I believe he literally sat down or a demonic spirit or something, okay? And the devil in the book says how 98% of the people are under his control. And they also equate the devil to negative energy, all right? And so they say 98% is under his control and how he has people positioned in every area of life, government, church, school, you name it. He has his soldiers there, so to speak, all right? And so I think people don't understand that just because people carry certain labels, that doesn't mean they're good people. It doesn't mean they're not operating under things that you don't understand. And this is why it becomes so much more important to get in tune with your spirit because people are being led to the slaughter by people they think they can trust, whether that be celebrities, politicians, pastors, whoever, who they think have their best interests. But no, those people are working for someone else. All right? It's not what you think it is. And the only way to see through that is your own spirit because your spirit will tell you what's right and what's wrong. And there's been, I'll even give one last one. There was even one time where I was even trying to uh, accept God in my life and accept Jesus specifically at that time. And trying to find answers, I went to this church that day, right? And I'm sitting there and there's this pastor. And to this day, I can see this pastor's eyes, I can see it. There was evil there. Something wasn't right. But I, at the time, I was like, man, I'm tripping. Nah, you know, what, what am I talking about? Something's wrong. Something, nothing's wrong here. Let me just stay. But I, could, I felt so uncomfortable. And I literally got up and was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I got up. And the minute I got up, something just switched. And I accepted God in a way that I hadn't before. It's, it's like a door just opened. It was almost like I went through a test in that moment, and I listened to my spirit. and It's like, okay, now you're ready. Now this is the next phase. You know what I'm saying? So again, it, it...
1: yeah, it's like once you get there, the devil's like, wait, are you going to choose this? Because mm-hmm. like once you choose God, then you're clear. It's almost like now evil is like laughable to me. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, like same mold. And in again with like the devil, like you know, a lot of people say the devil doesn't exist, but which you know, I kind of see that, but also there's a lot of people that believe the devil does exist, and that mm-hmm. belief is enough. And then there's books like Hermetica, Law of One, that talk about how it's basically like demons that run our world, <laughs> you much. know, in a lot of different ways. It's like so. It's something that's in history where we have to really seek out and find God because the devil is super cra- crafty, super crafty,
2: super. Crafty. And, and he crafty. doesn't come looking like the devil, you know what I'm saying? And and even like I was talking the other day on a video about when you feel like God has sent you the one. And there's this quote that says, when God will send you the original, the devil will bring you an imposter. And, and I'm like, yo, but don't think the imposter comes looking like an imposter. They look like the greatest thing on earth. They, it will present itself as something amazing. I always think back to movies where people sell their soul to the devil. And in the movie, he comes as this suave, you know, amazing person he does not look like anything scary and bad. And we have to understand that in, in my personal belief, the devil, the enemy, negative, whatever you want to call it, the goal isn't to make you live a miserable life. The goal is to pull you away from God. That's the main goal. Now, if, if a miserable life can happen too, that probably makes them even happier. But, <laughs> but if, they can, if he can just pull you away from God that's the main thing. It's literally like this this spiritual battle of who can get who on their side, you know. And we we just got to be mindful because again, a lot of people around us are setting us up for are trying to set us up for failure. And that's why you need your spirit to be able to see through the BS and who's for you and who's not for you and who you should be aligning yourself with and who you need to get away from ASAP.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, this is Ben. So good. <laughs> I could rip on this literally forever. It's my Justin, my husband will be like, oh, you got to talk about like the devil and, <laughs> and selling your soul today. I'm like, yes, it was amazing. <laughs> it was my favorite. Um, where can everyone find you to connect with you more?
2: Uh, definitely on my social media at Stefan Speaks, S-T-E-P-H-A-N Speaks. That's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of it.
1: All right, guys, it's all in the show notes. We love you so much. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much, Stefan. I really appreciate it. You can follow Stefan at Stephan Speaks on Instagram and then you can get any of Stefan's books, Healing Heartbreak Journal, He's Lion Sis and more on his Instagram
0: as well. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. If you've been around a while, you know that we are the ultimate vetters of products and experiences and we just bring to you what we love. So you can go to our show notes or almost30.com for more information, discount information on our
1: partners. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it so much. Subscribe and rate the podcast. It means the world. We really appreciate when you just write a quick note and a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram, almost30podcast and almost30.com for anything more from our partners or from us. We'll see you on the next one.
0: Bye.